You can listen to this episode of Welcome to the OC Bitches ad-free on Amazon Music. Okay. Welcome to the OC Bitches. We have a very special episode with a very, very special guest. If you didn't already hear, that is Misha Barton. Misha started her acting career in 1994 in the New York theater scene, working with acclaimed writers and directors such as James Lapine and Tony Kushner. She had unforgettable roles in movies like Lawn Dogs, Notting Hill, The Sixth Sense, and many more. But it was the OC and her role as Marissa Cooper that made her a household name and one of the most sought-after actors of her generation. She has an upcoming movie called Invitation to a Murder. Want to hear all about that? And we are so happy she is here. Please welcome Misha Barton. Yay! Whoa. Hey guys! Wow, you went way back there, Mindy. I wasn't expecting you to do that. Oh. Oh, she starts from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, we like to do some introductions for our interviews. So yes, I love that. It's, it's been so long. Thank you so much for doing that. You know, no. we, when Rachel asked me to do this podcast, I realized it was so much fun for me because I was really a fan of the show, um, just as an observer. But I know Rachel didn't have time to watch it, and I guarantee you didn't have time to watch it, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> because you were being pulled in every direction possible and working every single day that oh, we, yeah. Yeah. we were shooting. Do you feel like that was the, the truth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, d- I definitely think that the schedule got away from us at a certain point there and it was impossible to. Not that I would have sat around probably watching the show anyway, you know, like <laughs> right. I, just, I don't think even if I only worked two days a week, but at least I would have had a clearer picture of where people were at as fans watching it. Because when you're so deep into it, working every single day, like you said, it's not. I remember by the time we got that day off at the weekend, it was like you sleep all day and then you start again at a 6 a.m., 5 a.m. call time. Like, so it doesn't, you never really stop, you know? Yeah. But you were also 16 years old, like working like that, which is insane. (laughs) Yeah. Well, 17 and a half, 18. But yeah, it's true. It was, it was a lot. You were 17? I always thought you were 16 when we started, just for the pilot. Maybe for like an initial meeting or something. Right. Because wait, your birthday is the January 24th? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, see, I got it right. It's coming. I know. Wow. I know. Well, I said, because when I saw you, I said February and you were corrected me because I remember Mm. you were so, if we didn't shoot the pilot February, March of that year, you would just turn 17 because then I remember we went to Koi for your 18th birthday. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That's funny. (laughs) I do remember. I do remember going to restaurants. I thought we went to Matsuhisa, but it could have been Koi. But anyway, I remember like (laughs) we would write it on the cake and they were like, oh yeah, you can't have a drink. You're not a 21. (laughs) And I was like, whose idea was it to get a cake? (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's been so long. We're coming up on the 20th anniversary of the show, which is insane. Like that's wild. Yeah. I'm like, I could not feel older if I tried, but like, <laughs> it's just been so long. Um, but it's still like, it's so nice to still hear the reaction to the show and to you in particular and how the fans are still so behind it and still love it. And like, even yeah. like younger kids are watching it, which is crazy. I know it's kind of crazy that there's a whole, um, COVID group of young right? people who watched it. So. Yeah. I do think it's weird when I have like 19 year olds, 20 year olds come up to me. I'm like, 
this wasn't like really your generation. It's funny you guys are watching it. But that's yeah. cool. Although, you know? gosh, yeah. yeah. And the fashion, you know, there were so many things, Misha, that we discovered by doing this podcast because, you know, we're doing it. We're trying to give the fans everything, you know, the details, any any of the, the things that were going on with us. But it was like, it was such a cultural phenomenon and we had no idea. It was kind of like this under the radar. But within a month, we had the highest ratings ever. Um, on the show. And then it, it went down a little bit from there, but it was like, I remember they used to put so much stock in those ratings though. Come on. The Nielsen yeah. rating thing. It was like, this I cared about. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I, it was really important to them. I know. Yeah. I wonder if it's still, do you think it's still important these days? Do you know? Like, do they still care that much? If it's like, the I feel like the Nielsen ratings doesn't even matter anymore to this like streaming platform generation. It's more like, it's yeah. a different new algorithm that right. I that we don't know. They do measure things. They do measure. Well, yeah, of course. But I just remember those Nielsen readings were funnier. Right. Yeah, and I then know. the demographic, because the OC was literally there's that if you are leading in the yes. 18 to 49 demographic. And that was that was a big deal for Fox to have that leading demographic for that long. So it was right. It was to know that truly, young people and people in their 30s were all watching it. Right. 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 Yeah. Do you remember that first event, Misha, where they had us go down to Manhattan Beach and like we met all the crowds? And do you remember? Oh that? my God, I can never forget it. I remember <laughs> I turned to somebody and said, Ooh, what's that? That looks like a fun party. Like, we all did the same thing. <laughs> it was insane. Like, that's for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's always right, like right. the moment we refer to when they're like, When did you know? Like it was, I was like, Well, <laughs> there were a lot of people. <laughs> right. Because we had just wrapped a day of working or a lot of people had wrapped and we went straight yeah. there and it was like, what? We thought we were going to a screening party, but we didn't actually sit and watch it. Did we? No, I don't think so. Yeah. No, no, it was some kind of little meet. It was, we called it a meet and greet. Well, there were, you know, thousands of kind of Beatlemania <laughs> energy going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so, so excited today for to go through top Marissa moments with you. Right. <laughs> we thought that this could be, you know, this is a real love letter to Marissa, a celebration of Marissa because it is so loved and beloved. And Marissa, more than any character, went through some really, really dramatic things and some wonderful things. And it's been it's been just really a joy, Misha, for us to watch in detail how, you know, we know how crazy it, it was to be shooting, but also just how proficient and how much depth you gave the character. And we just watched the the final, your final episode. And I cried like multiple times. It's still there. <laughs> no, I couldn't yeah. watch it. Misha, I had to stop the be. episode before that scene. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like I would cry <laughs> thinking about it and then I just couldn't go there. So I did not watch right. it. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of tears, a lot of was, tears. That so. was hard. Yeah. But yes, like Mindy said, watching you back and everything you gave to Marissa, is just so impressive. So we're so happy cool. that you're here to talk about some of those moments. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Nice. So I did, we did a poll on, in, on Instagram, but, um, this, this top, the first moment really was one of the top moments was it's from the pilot when Ryan is meeting Marissa for the first time. Who are you? Whoever you want me to be. Okay. This one's wild, but you know what I didn't remember about this? What? Mm -hmm. I had no recollection that Sandy even comes in at the end of the scene. He comes but, in at the uh, end of the scene? Peter Gallagher's in when the When they're end smoking. Of the scene. Yeah. So they're, 
he said, she says, do you have a, you know, who are you? And he's got this very intense. Whoever you want me to be. And, <laughs> right. um, what would you do I if mean, a guy said that to you now? Like, whoever you want me to be. Would you be like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know. I, th- I think it's uh, it's definitely a little outdated, um, <laughs> that kind of language. It was supposed to be this, like, James Dean moment. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, that was a that was a tough scene, man. I know we tried so many different ways to try to make it not seem so hokey. And like it took multiple tries, like really as with everything with like, you know, Josh and them back that it was like, well, maybe she should be drunker or like sloppier or more messy or and I'm like, I don't know, though, like she can't always be like that. But at some of those first scenes, it was like very much like trying to hit the right note, you know, mm-hmm. and he is so intense. And I found rewatching it, I'm really like, they went for the ones where I was sort of like more like, I think I say to Sandy something about like, oh, are you excited for my gala tomorrow, for my like benefit tomorrow? And he's like, oh, so excited. And I'm like, really? Like yeah. very sarcastic kind of like, they went for the ones where I was more like, Marissa's not taking it as seriously because there were some where she's like dead serious about all of that stuff. But then I think right. the tone that ended up getting set was that she makes fun of that stuff too. And she's like, she's not that into any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I did not remember Peter coming in at the end and that whole exchange behind Ben. Where he's like, this is my favorite nephew or whatever. Right. 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 I thought it was interesting because, you know, as the show went on, Ryan became more and more subtle and a man of very few words. And this was like, you know, the pilot has Ryan speaking more than almost oh, really? any part in the whole show. It feels like, you know, they, he has a, uh, he has a monologue when he's in jail with Sandy oh, right. and then he has that speech. And oh, I mean, okay. I always took it as like, right. whoever you want me to be was like a line of dialogue that his brother would say, picking up chicks, you know what <laughs> I mean? Or, yeah. you know, so he's coming with that Chino thing. And then he tells this, he instantly wants to tell you his story. That's actually the truth. And she's not quite sure. She's smart enough to go, is this a, another line? And I mean, then, it is a really good question. What the hell are you doing in my driveway? You don't yeah. get in here. <laughs> like, I mean, the fact she's not more surprised by the fact that there's just this leather pad, <laughs> yeah. this, you know, kid at the end of the driveway is kind of like in retrospect. I'm like, yeah, you probably should have been a little more like, you know, because that's a gated community. You don't just pop out of nowhere like that. And I just accept pretty straight off that you this do. cute boy is in my driveway and that's totally fine. The bouncy blowout, the perfectly pulled back pony, and even yes, the messy mom bun. We all have our own style goals, but we all have different hair types and textures too. So mine is, can be frizzy and it's super (laughs) fine. And sometimes it just floats in the air rather than using a typical one size fits all approach. Living proof solves hair's toughest challenges with individualized solutions designed for the hair you have, but to create the look you want. Living Proof's passion for brilliant hair starts in their labs in Boston, Massachusetts. Founded by a team of elite university scientists and hair experts, each product is intentionally engineered to solve your toughest hair challenges rather than just conceal them. I have been a fan of Living Proof for a decade plus. My hair is always frizzy. Today it's raining. It's extra frizzy. But their frizz line is my favorite. So I only started using Living Proof because of the podcast. And I love it. You're so right. The texture is just amazing afterwards. And after a blowout, it's even better. Living Proof's award-winning formulas are proven to make hair look and feel healthier without sacrificing integrity. They're also PETA-certified, cruelty-free, color-safe, and safe 
for chemically treated hair. Stop concealing and show off your hair's natural brilliance with Living Proof. Visit livingproof.com slash the OC and use code the OC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's livingproof.com slash the OC, code the OC for 10% off your first purchase. livingproof.com slash the OC, code the OC. At the start of the year, I always have the best intentions, like having a more balanced schedule, exercising more, oof, and eating better. But one thing I know I can check off my New Year's to-do list is eating well thanks to Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, soups, flatbread snacks, smoothies, lattes, and more. Build on organic fruits and vegetables. They work directly with farmers to source the best ingredients, freeze them at peak ripeness to lock in flavors and nutrients, and they never use artificial preservatives or ingredients. Look, I love to have Daily Harvest in the freezer ready at any moment. You know, it's very delicious. It's fiber-filled. It's whole foods. And I can feel good about having something really quick. And and it's frozen. A lot of frozen food is super processed. Mm -hmm. This is not. I love how easy it is because let me tell you, my mornings are insane. Getting Briar ready for school, and off to school. I love that I have every option in the freezer and she really loves it. And I know I'm putting something really good and nutritious in her body. The smoothies in particular, she loves. Totally. CG loves it too. If eating well is a goal for 2023, let Daily Harvest support you on the journey. Go to dailyharvest.com slash the OC to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash the OC for up to $40 off your first box. Dailyharvest.com slash the OC. Okay, should we go yes. on to the next one? So what we have yeah. planned is we had so many um, great questions for you, but fans who specifically asked about the scenes that we want to talk about. So we're going to let Manveer ask about this next scene. Okay, cool. Hi, Misha. Big fan of yours. Love your work. I just wanted to ask, um, how was it like filming that episode in Tijuana when you, you went down for spring break, I think it was? The cliffhanger at the end of that episode was insane. Rock on. <laughs> Rock on. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so this I did have trouble remembering like what leads up to it and what the reason for this whole breakdown is. So going back over it, there's parenting problems, and then there's also Ryan has been seen with another girl. So Julie divorces Jimmy and says, you know, we're getting a divorce. And then Jimmy has to tell her on the phone because Kirsten keeps saying, you've got to tell her, you've got to tell her. And Jimmy was like the one thing, Mm. you know, because he was living in the house and he tells her on the phone, like, I got to go, I've got to move out. And that was devastating for her. She is such a daddy's girl at times. You are very much. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But who's the girl that Ryan's with that she sees? I'm trying to trigger my memory. Some like random nobody. Like, oh, okay. I think okay. maybe Marissa like misinterprets it okay. because, well, unless I just really don't remember, but I did read the synopsis and the girl's name meant nothing to me. Okay. <laughs> I think maybe, but that could also just be Misha not recollecting <laughs> correctly. But I do think that it's probably nothing major. Right. But does he have another girlfriend for I, a minute? You guys would know better than me. I know it's tricky. Why am I, I? I feel really bad because our super fans will be like, I can't believe Melinda. <laughs> <and Rachel laughs> By the way, like none of us are remembering anything. 
But I remember, you know, when we watched this back the first time, Misha, just your commitment to the overdose and everything else. Like, it's so trippy and you're so in it with you and your performance. And so many people have said this, like how incredible it is in this sequence. Because it's like, it was shot really well, it was edited well, but your performance is really what did it. And it was like, it was really hard to watch. It gave me anxiety. <laughs> no, the whole clip, Misha, it starts because she takes the pills. She takes Summer's stepmom's pills that she was getting for her in Tijuana, and, and which we come to understand, I think, are like Vicodin or something. But she takes them in a bar, a pretty seedy bar with some very questionable characters. And it's very dangerous where you see these men leering at you um, or mm-hmm. at her when she starts going through these, like, all, all of a sudden she's taking too much and she she's sweating. And then when we see her in the alley, that's that very scary moment. And it was kind of... it. It was a cliffhanger in such that if the show never came back, that would have been the finale of the mm. show. Wow. So is that a, at the end of a season? No, it was the end of we're coming back after baseball. So we continued, wow. but I think they had it written. As like a huge cliffhanger. I remember mm. that actually, the thing about the sports or something. There was something where it was a cliffhanger for something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, that brings back memories now. Yeah. I mean, that. yeah, it's wild. There is some stuff in there that's very ahead of its time, like showing an overdose on television right. of a young, young person, especially because, like, I am so young in that scene and it doesn't come across like I'm older than that, you know? So it's, like, right. pretty pretty scary to see, like, a teenage kid, like, or, or, like, you know, a very young person that in that bad a situation. It's wild. Exactly. That goes into our, you're in, into the next scene where you guys are on the Ferris wheel and poor Ryan yeah. is so terrified <laughs> of heights. Are you okay? Yeah. I had to get the cheap Ferris wheel, didn't you? What kind of carnival is this, Cooper? Okay. It's kind of fun watching him squirm, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't seen that in a while. You know, even though we started this podcast, it feels season one feels very foreign to me. So, (laughs) but I had to go back. Does it? it, Well, just because it's, it's, yeah. I mean, we're, because I, I tend to stay in the moment. So we're, I think I have the reverse uh, effects of like, cause season one, I was still kind of fresh faced and not as exhausted. I think by season three, <laughs> I like don't remember anything about season three. Really. Right. I'm sort of like at that point <laughs> I am like checked out to lunch, like so tired, like not. So I do have a lot of vivid mem- memories from season one and two, and then it sort of tapers off a little bit more. Yeah. That's but true. Also that's to do with the, storyline as well I mean it's a lot of things they did like absolutely everything possible with your character like they like took her in every Mm -hmm. way possible uh you definitely did it all um but this next scene is your first kiss with Ryan on the Ferris wheel look maybe you just need something to take your mind off oh 50 feet in the air how do you expect me to possibly and it's actually it's like I mean, I love it, but I'm a sucker for like, you know, all this stuff. But it's it's so pretty and it's shot so pretty. And I remember them setting up the carnival and like Marina Del Rey. See, I remember like random it's beautiful. things. beautiful. And it the, looks this, so good. Yeah. Some of us need good lighting to look good. You look good in everything <laughs> and even more beautiful. And so many, there's so many episodes. I'm just like, such a baby in that scene. I mean, like <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like a fetus at that point. But, like, yeah. Well, but, you um, know. Patrick Rush made the point that, you know, you were the one um, 
teenager, tr- truly a teenager in the role and that everyone else was, were in their 20s. But he was making the point that when you have someone that looks like Misha at 17, most 17-year-old boys would not, they look like, they just wouldn't match up next to you because you were so beautiful, sophisticated and mature. And um, boys tend to mature a little bit later. And were you emancipated at that point? Or do you just work as, were you working? No, I just graduated high school here in New York. I just graduated PCS. Oh, okay. So you graduated early. Yeah, I had to because when I got the call for it, I remember distinctly when I got the call for the um, Fastlane episode that sort of led to it with McGee. It was around Mm -hmm. my birthday here in New York. And I was just off of Columbus Circle and... I was like, they were like, we need you to fly to L.A. And like, you know, he's not just interested in you for this. There might be another one. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. It's my birthday soon. I'm like, I have to finish high school. I was like, I don't want to go to Los Angeles. And they were like, no, you really should. It's like a serious opportunity. And so that's the story behind that. Do you remember anything else about the beginning and the start of the show? The audition process? Yeah, how it went. Oh, so much about the audition process. I mean, that was kind of wild. It wasn't it wasn't like a smooth sailing thing, because I remember when I first sat down in that office off of uh, Sunset, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like right where that Italian restaurant used to be. It's been gone forever. But Mm -hmm. um, and they had the office upstairs and it was like, you know, they were like, oh, the reason we want you for this is because you are kind of English and and a New Yorker and you're different because I was like, how like. You know, we were talking about the project and I was like, yeah, that was a funny one. And McGee was like, I think that's why you're going to work for this role. And and he was like, but we're going to have to take you in and fight for it. And I like went through multiple rounds of the studio. You know, it was McGee who really championed it. And to the point where he finally went and got like film and and shot me himself, paid for it. Oh, wow. And that one was less nerve wracking because it was less like being in front of a panel of of execs it was more just me and him and a bare crew like maybe like three other people like lighting and setting it up in in this um I remember it as a garage but it was probably some little studio thing he had and um yeah so that's when I was really able to do the crying and the emoting for the like it was easier for me to act if it was just not this like insane like testing thing and so when they saw that that's how I got the but I wasn't oh, wow. really like their first choice in terms of like from those like test readings. Mm-hmm. There were right. other people. Right. But Josh really wanted for you and was fighting for you as well. OK, well, that was season one. And we taught the obviously the meeting Ryan and the overdose and the first right. kiss. And did we say the first like he's so nervous and, and she says, I know something that'll take that away. And she leans in. She's she gives him the kiss. And then you go yeah. through and he says, let's go again. So there was something very, I think there was something that young girls just in that moment, just so related. Instead of liquid courage, it was kissing courage. (laughs) Kissing courage. Yeah, it is really, you make a good point. I never really thought about the fact that she kisses him, but I think it is nice for young women to see that it doesn't always have to be like the guy who's the, you know, the one who instigates it. It was really cute that she kisses him, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It's very Very sweet. She takes her opportunity and she goes for it. (laughs) We love that. We love to see it. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, we can move into season two. Um, We're going to start with an iconic one, but Ryan and Mike from the OCD Disorder podcast are here to help us intro it. Hi, Misha. This is Ryan. This is Mike. And we are from the OCD and Superhero Show Show podcast. And we had to ask you, in the most iconic, one of the most iconic moments in OC history, um, what did you do before? How did you psych yourself up to flip that furniture into the pool? 
Did you do some light kettlebells? Did you punch every grill you saw in the face? <laughs> it's just, it's a it's an amazing moment of acting, and we want to know how can we be that flippant. You really want to know what's bothering me? Do you? Do you really want to know what's on my mind? Yes. Yeah, that's funny. That scene, so I just watched it again and I don't remember like the little lead up to it too where you come out. It's cute. I mean, I think that uh, what I remember about that was I was so frustrated with some of the character writing and not knowing how to play it at that point that I was like, okay, what can we do here that will make this like an interesting scene? As opposed Mm -hmm. to just like screaming at our mother again or like Mm -hmm. your typical teenage, like, you know, I think that that scream is all of my frustration at that time mm. being taken out. And like, I didn't know what to do with some of the writing, to be honest, and like what to do with the scene in general. And so I was like, right. You know, I mean, just lose it on her then. <laughs> like, right, just, right. like, just completely lose it on her. Like, because it's hard to play a scene where you're just screaming in someone's face, and especially like that teenage angst. It's not usually played Right. Like, you know, there's that frustration you feel as a young person that like it's hard to replicate again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I remember about throwing the furniture in the pool. But also, what do you remember, Mindy? Well, okay. first of all, this was the number one. um, This one got the most votes when I did the poll of favorite Marissa (laughs) moments. I think it's just like of all the ones. Because what's interesting is, you know, we're in Caleb's big new mansion that was up there on the hill in Malibu. Mm -hmm. uh, And I just remember the look on my face. I was so impressed. I said this on the podcast. I was so impressed with your dedication to, because you see it written, uh, Marissa just screams like the craziest scream you've ever heard. And Julie is just shocked and dumbfounded. And literally I was like, oh my God, Misha just went for it and picked up that furniture and wailed it. And I, and to me, I totally get what you just said, that these you know, these jobs that we do in a job like this, and and you've already become the it girl and you have so many things that you're doing outside of the show as well as on the show and the writing and stuff that I was like, there's some real, real emotion there. So I thought yeah, it was- it took a lot. It took a lot out in that scream. It was cathartic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a cathartic moment. It's not easy to do. Plus, and yeah, that teenage angst stuff isn't easy to play, you know? Right. It is, it is hard. I remember I-, I my, one of my favorite clips, and I guess it's coming up, is actually the one with Olivia in the kitchen where we're like, you know, the banter between us is like, oh, you really want to know what's going on with me? Yeah, that's what's next, that? actually. Yeah. That's the next scene yeah. that we're going to talk that's about. That's our next scene we're also going on to. really funny the way she, not just for the fact that, you know, she's getting it on behind your back, but also like the way um, she's drinking the milk and like <laughs> drinking the milk and just like, oh, you really want to know what's going on with me? Well... Yeah. So that that scene, you know, we we were thinking about the scenes that are okay. We'll leave the we'll leave the pool where it is that the iconic okay. sound. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, I mean, no, we could talk more about the pool. It's just like, yeah, I feel like that was just one of those cathartic moments where you mm-hmm. just really just like that was that yeah. was. It's so iconic, was. and everyone, like we said, it was the number one request because everyone will refer to that. We're like, you really want to know, and just the 
But who doesn't yeah. want to do that at some point in their life? Be able to just like throw furniture and scream. <laughs> well, and, and I talked about, we talked about like how Julie, you know, later on she says, everything I did, I did it for you. But it was misguided. You know, mm. she's all about, you know, I it's money and and status and appearances. And and even though she she thinks she's doing it for, Mar- for Marissa. They're very different in that way. Yeah, not until she goes into the trailer park that she really actually becomes grateful for her for and and has a much better relationship with her with her daughters because she realizes that even though she doesn't have all those things that she puts so much emphasis on, she's more happy than she could ever be because she realizes people still love her. But I think that that rings true of all like kind of mother daughter or like right. generational relationships. You know, I yeah. think that whenever the mother is so obsessed, you kind of get the reverse in the child, you know? So like yeah. if you have somebody who's obsessed with like status and money and whatever, then the kid's going to like, is going to rebel against that. And I think it's such a, it's well, it's a, that is really well written between the two of them. There are a lot of that part of their relationship is really interesting. Cause like, it is, it does, you know, you tend to like do the antithesis of what you've, you've kind of grown up against a lot of the time. And so yeah. like, and Julie doesn't have any idea that her daughter, she's like, look, I made this wonderful place for you. Why can't you be yeah. happy? So yeah. Why can't you be clueless. happy in this palace? Yeah. And like, I'm like, yes, it's broken though. We'll be keeping kosher in no time. So how about this weather, huh? Unbelievable. Yeah. I think I have to go, but very nice to meet you. Oh, rock on. So going into that rainy day women, you know, your relationship with Alex was such a big deal. And we thought about the first kiss was such a, you know, but Josh has explained that the way they sense they edited it down, almost like a censorship. He felt it kind of wasn't as impactful, but this scene was way more fun. And I think, (laughs) you know, she's doing it, doing it behind your back. And I think it's the better of the two scenes for them, actually, isn't it? Because the other one is so edited down that you don't really like, you know, it's whatever. I think it was another like cliffhanger cut to the baseball game type of (laughs) <laughs> right. right that the the Al- original Alex and that's unfortunate but I mean it's still groundbreaking I guess for its time but like yeah it's unfortunate that they had to diminish it so this seems more fun because you get more of the like the sense that they really have a playful real relationship yeah and we always like to see Marissa when she's more light and fun and not having to do mm. all of the drinking or the drugs or the drama and like you have these moments and it, it, it does show in this scene and you and Olivia are having so much fun and it really plays on screen and it's such a great scene I really wish they'd written more for you because once you go that whole little exchange where she's like Julie wants to make sure that Alex knows so she's cool oh right it still is my day and rock on and yeah. then she says oh and by the way it's okay but they go back to that mother-daughter talk that's kind of that banter mm-hmm. and it was so realistic to me you know now that I've well my daughter's grown up now and uh it, it was so realistic re-watching this that I thought I would have loved to have seen a lot more of that because that reminds me of more like that, that fun. You're, you're like that, you know, there are times when we're like, Ooh, th- that was exactly Misha. That's not Marissa. Mm-hmm. Were you, you know, so it's it was a, fun a lot yes. of fun that episode or scene. Yeah. I do really like that, that whole thing at the fridge between us as well. It's, it's a good scene in general because yeah, it's got yeah. a little bit of everything, but yeah, <laughs> that's the one storyline they did sort of cut short. That was the, the Olivia Alex one. Yeah, know. it yeah. was short. I think everyone wanted to see more. Um, mm. But we have to get to another, like, incredibly iconic, obviously, <laughs> moment from the show. Season two, 
the dearly beloved, well, where Marissa shoots Trey. Oh yeah. I mean, what you, you can't. Say. Yeah, you can't even like say that scene without going. Mm, what to say? <laughs> Just like cue <laughs> yeah. Imogen Heap. Um, yeah. What do you remember about that? And holy shit, it's like the biggest. And they've spoofed it so many times. I don't know if you're aware, Misha. Like SNL did a skit, and like it really took on Actually, a life I of its own. I don't think I know there was an SNL skit of it, but like, yeah, I mean, it's a. It's a wild scene. I mean, why does she shoot, shoot Trey again? To save he's Ryan. Kill him. Yeah, I mean, he is going to kill him, I suppose. But, like, what are they fighting about in the oh. first place? Well, Trey oh. tries to... Assault you. Yeah, he tries sexually to assault rape you. Marissa. Yeah, on yes, the beach. that's right. Do you remember that now? Uh, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I do. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a, it's a wild scene. <laughs> <laughs> Marissa, we've learned, she really is a nightingale. And she likes to take care of people and everyone. And one of the things that one of the themes is that every person, every boy that she gives just her attention to or tries to help, the, every boy falls in love with her. We, for, Of course, there was Oliver and then there was Trey and then there's Johnny and there's all these boys that become obsessed with her. And how could you not become obsessed with her? But he takes it a step further and she has a lot of PTSD. And then when Ryan finds out, we and she doesn't want to tell Ryan, but of course, when Ryan finds out exactly what happens is, yeah. you know, and he's got this gun. And so when she comes in and he's about to, you know, really hurt Ryan and she, she saves his life. Mm. So- and that is Trey really is the downfall of kind of what ends up happening to Marissa because of all of those things. There's this terrible snowball effect of what happens to, to Marissa's life. But that it really is the turning of, point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember though shooting it literally and figuratively? <laughs> yeah, scene? no, I, I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't know what to say about it. Gun control kids. I mean I know, right? <laughs> right. But like there's yeah, so many of those I, moments throughout the show where you're like, oh no, no, we like couldn't do that today or say that today or whatever it is. And it's kind of Yeah. I mean, it's very I remember shooting it. It was intense. Mm-hmm. I remember I was real tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I remember it's funny because you guys only come in at the end. Yeah. It was a long time to shoot it obviously Mm. I mean it's a it's a shooting scene so it's like you know it's like those always are kind of complicated and whatever and like you have to like do all the logistics of blocking it out and how you're going to shoot it from whatever angle Mm -hmm. so by the time you guys come at the end and I slump (laughs) down on the wall that was literal because I was like I've been at it a whole fucking day so like did you ever see the SNL skit no, we'll have to send it to you. We'll send it to you. Oh you my gosh, send yeah. It to me. yeah, you'll get a kick they, out yeah. of it. <laughs> they took a. They took a. Well, some yeah. people learned about the OC because of the SNL skit. Put it that way. The, um, <laughs> That's say. really funny. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. But so when we got to season three, you know, we wanted to pick some quick, um, uh, quick scenes. There's so many, but one of the ones that I thought was so funny, right, is cringe. Is the one with the fake British accent is so terrible. The stripper one. Hi, are you Trevor? Yeah. I'm Marissa, the new foreign exchange student. I just got here from London. I love London. Well, I was hoping you could give me a tour. Starting with your dorm room. Sounds good. But I did my junior year abroad at Oxford. I don't buy that phony English accent for a second. Oh yes! my God, the stripper one. Yes. You look it's so... It's really bad. Like, you look you so look hot. Iconic. 
<laughs> so bad. Oh yeah. Like, do you want to see me naked or not? <laughs> but like the, that accent is just a, it's perfect. It's a crime. And it's, yeah, it's quite the scene, isn't it? Yeah. I, don't, but you're I do remember yeah. shooting. Yeah. Yeah. But I do remember shooting on that campus and it was very uncomfortable. I mean, it, it's like, you know, you guys all remember that campus, don't you? Was it Mount St. Mary's? Yeah, yeah. Mount St. Mary's. It's like a whole thing. And, yeah, I mean, was it uncomfortable to do because also you were working with Cam Gigande as Volchak, but of course we all think he's so hot. But you guys were doing some pretty intense scenes with him, um, mm. you know, some kind of very, very explicit scenes or something. This looked so great, but I was like, but I feel kind of uncomfortable with her playing this role. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was one of the more like that's some of the more uncomfortable stuff I mean yeah because you do have to literally walk like right across this whole like that trying to play it like you're hot you know (laughs) was the British accent um written in the script or did you choose to do it I don't remember how we landed on that I think it was do that I think it's I think it was written too yeah Yeah. yeah, probably yeah it's such a fun scene and yes you look amazing so yeah because it goes full circle too it was always written do you want to see me naked or not and then it's like yeah yeah that's the button but Mm -hmm. it was fun that you got to have those scenes with with um with Caitlin it was a fun episode yeah yeah it was a fun episode resolution and then the next scene uh from episode 25. 25. The music moment. Oh. Yes. What's With, this one? Is this the one where we're in the pool? Model home. Yep. It's for sale. And it's completely deserted. You know, this is the last episode and you guys are about to graduate. And, you know, Marissa has decided to go hang out with Jimmy. He's invited her to work on his yacht to go to Greece. And she's saying goodbye. She's chosen not to go to Berkeley. Yeah. I remember Misha actually filming and I and we were all just having fun. Like it wasn't like there was like it was scripted, like we were messing around in the pool. And I remember having a lot of fun that day, even though there was like the melancholy undertones of like what was to come. I don't know. It was one of the yeah. one of the few that really oh, stuck we're playing out in my chicken mind. and everything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Her tattoo. I can't. <laughs> you didn't get wow. a matching one? <laughs> Believe it or not, no. I skipped the ramp stamp. <laughs> like, this is wild. Yeah, I love how they heated the pool so nicely for us. It's literally steaming. It's steaming. Right. I know. Thank God, though. Could ba- you imagine if we had to be in the pool if it wasn't? We would be like... <laughs> we were like, oh, could it be warm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You want us to do what? Yes, we need it heated. Thank you. <laughs> I can't. I know. I remember having fun doing that. Yeah, it's a really sweet it scene. Sweet. I know. It's nice when you have days where you can just like do stuff that's not quite so heavy, right? So yeah, exactly. All those scenes when you're playing around and yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. Memory I know. Well, and the scene directly after that is a scene between Ryan and Marissa, and she's you're you're crying, and he's like, and she says, "Do you think we'd ever um, get together?" And he says, "Who says we won't?" 
Like, and there was this moment mm. where it's like, oh, this is just now. It's not over. And it's this beautiful scene. Rachel and I were reflecting that there was so much in that episode that was real. Like, we were so devastated that Marissa, that you were leaving the show. And it was, there was just a lot of real emotion on that last week. And I just remember being so grateful to be working with you. And I, and you, and you did such a beautiful, beautiful performance on, as, yeah. I mean, the whole show, but that last um, episode was really, really powerful. So many people afterwards would come up to me and talk about that um, episode and it's just like how they, like, it was like the music and everything. It was like literally at least a half a dozen times of crying, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Was, the music was always the saving grace in the show too, though. Always. It's mm -hmm. like the right song at the right moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you, yeah. if I still listen to those songs, it takes me right back to a specific right? place. Right. Yeah. Luckily, I think a lot of people felt that way. So yeah. it's nice when the music can be supported in a moment in time. By Absolutely. Well, to end the best moments of Marissa portion, we have some fans from Brazil um, who we are going to let. Uh, we're going to play a voicemail. <laughs> Hi, Misha. Hi, Misha. How did you feel when you shoot Melissa's death scene? Love you so much. Kisses. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, the iconic, painful death scene. Yeah, I mean, it's heavy. What I remember about it is from the view of having played it, not from the view Watching of it. having watched it. In fact, yeah. I think I've probably only seen it once in my life. Like, wow. yeah, I, I just remember from my point of view, again, the, that day and what it was like from my perspective, you know, right. like not. And, um, and the blood and everything and all of that. So I, <laughs> there's always that joke. I think I've said this a million times, but I was like, more blood, more blood. Oh, it needs yeah. to be, because it was going to border on like being like a TV death. And I really wanted it to be super dramatic and real, as realistic as you can get for the OC. You know what I mean? Right. So like, so that people really, like she went out with a bang. So I, I just remember like, but the, and I remember being under that car in the ground and like oh. him having to come like, you know, wrestle her out. But I just I feel like if you're going to kill a character, you know, anybody want who when you kill a character, you need to kind of like it, it needs to be like I, it needed to be a thing after everything right. she's been through, you know. Right. But yeah, if it's here, I'll watch it with yeah. you. But like, Let's do I it. know it's. I couldn't do it, it, Misha. I couldn't do it, but I'm going to do it if you're going to do it. I don't particularly want to, but I will. I feel you. <laughs> I'm with you. I don't want to. It is so hard to watch. We're in for it. Okay, I, I press play. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. She's watching it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pass. What the hell? All right. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, oh. oh my god, it's him. What are you doing? Okay, pull over. Where? Stop! What the hell are you doing? I'm gonna get him to pull the car over so we can finally finish this. Get away, okay? Pull it over! There's a lot of questions about. Oh yeah. my god. I mean, it is what it is with the driving. Like, I suppose it just. Oh no. Jeez. Oh, oh wow. Ooh. Ooh. I remember that. So I remember when we started on this, like, oh, like you know, because that whole driving thing is one thing. That was not that long to shoot. I don't mean the stunt part of it. I'm sure that took them all 
all night and think I, in fact, I remember it did. But the part here, starting here, is where we really got into, like, it took forever to... And it's, like, eerily quiet. Like, there's no music, there's no nothing. There's no music, just crickets. Yeah. Oh, I can't do this. Poor <laughs> Marissa. She really, really goes through it. It's crazy that, you, you know, I mean, anything about a car accident is wild, but... Oh my God, it's on fire. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. So he has to pull her out like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Because I was, yeah. And the gasoline, oh my God, I don't remember that. I don't remember the fire. I guess because I'm playing dead as well. Like my eyes were closed. (laughs) I'm unaware of what's going on here. Oh my goodness. Oh no. Then the music starts. I have chills all over my body. Oh. Baby, I've been here before. I've seen this room and I've walked this floor. I used to live alone before I knew you. I've seen your flag on the marble arch. Love is not some victory mark. It's a cold and it's a cold. Okay, 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 I'm gonna get help, okay? Do we even know, like, the other Yeah, yeah, I gotta get help. No. Oh, stay. Oh, no. Oh, this is like this I is can't. horrible. I this I know. Oh. It's, the, it's the culmination of their whole love story. It is. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Oh no, I'm getting really sad too. You I'm can't cry, Rachel. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's why I couldn't watch it. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I don't remember exactly like the actual death moment, so I guess I'll watch it to just say I've seen it again recently, but like. Oh, yeah, that's all, right. All the blood on her head and stuff. Because it was like, what really kills her? You know, if you're right. going to kill her, it's like, what is actually the thing that. Yeah. Oh. Marissa. Oh, no. I know. I can't do it. Marissa. Oh. Yeah, that middle part is really oh painful when she asks him to stay to with stay. her. Because mm-hmm. she knows. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to see the part where he gets all emotional. I'm done now. Okay. Okay. Well, if you're done, I have to be done because I'm going to literally lose my shit. Oh, no. No, I didn't press pause for it. They're going back to the pilot. Fuck me. Okay. Can't do it. Jesus Christ. Wait, what is this next bit with him and Sandy's? Because it flashes back to where you guys meet each other. 
Yes. No. Yes. I can't, you guys. Like, I can't. Okay, yeah. Let's not go there. No. Oh, my God. Um, I can't. (laughs) Really? (laughs) That really is, like, intense. Oh, my God. It's so intense. Like, it's, like, beautiful, of course, but, like, it. It really hurts, you know? And, like, I couldn't watch it when we just did the episode last week. Like, Melinda had to take over. I couldn't. It's so. It was. There was some. There was. I just was. (sighs) See, I'm going to start crying again. But there were just these moments where, of course, he says, let me go. I'm going to get get help. And she says, and you you say, no, "No," but you're. it's not because she knows. And it's like he stays for her last breath. And. That is so powerful. And, and, and there was something so like, and he remained like calm, cool, like I'm like, he's not overly dramatic. And there was something just so beautiful, tragic and peaceful at the same time. Yeah. And thank and, God it doesn't get all like frenetic right. and crazy to yeah. be honest, you know, and like. That's why it's and, so, it hits so hard, you know, it's just so like yeah. with them and you're in it. And it's just like, it's just kind of like a, like the whole series and everything with you guys and like Mm. it just brings up so much you know and like everything the characters went through and I never would have been able to watch it I'm like grateful that you (laughs) won it because like I don't think I could I wouldn't have either if we weren't doing this together but yeah and so many people have said and and what I've learned Misha there were a lot of people like behind you know like Norman Buckley and just so many people that were so upset that your character was leaving (sighs) and um and I think you've said that, you know, they she could have gone off with Jimmy, but it was like a more powerful thing to do it this way, I guess. But um, well, I, I think so. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't really think the running off with Jimmy thing. It's like, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. I mean, right. you know, this is it's, I think it's why it's um, more of an iconic. Moment yeah, she's gone. I can't believe you see her there as the ghost. Too. I totally forgot that. Like, it was like yeah. a ghost of her standing in the driveway, basically. Maybe like a flashback. I know. Yeah. To that moment. That's, yeah. And you know that there was this outcry across literally this ripple, this emotional ripple that cut through. There were teenage girls who couldn't go to school the next day. There Ooh. were, you know, and, and not really knowing. And then, Truth be told, there were a lot. There was a huge part of the audience that tuned in just for Marissa, and the ratings did go down uh, in season four because you weren't there. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did. I remember having somebody come up to me in the airport, and she was absolutely hysterical shortly after it aired, and I was like totally taken aback by that. I was like, yeah. this, people were like, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just so much more of like, I mean. It, it, it's it's I don't even know like how to describe it but just because of that moment and it was so tragic but it's also like the only way to leave you feeling about Marissa is like the feelings you take away from how she left was. because yeah. yeah how she yeah. Left, like the whole thing and it's so much more like kind of poetic and like impactful mm. you know like you said mm-hmm. like sail away with Jimmy but it was and it just shows you how much everyone loved Marissa on the show the you in real life and being on the show and such like a compliment and an ode to everything yeah. you know you did and it's just like oh, that much more impactful yeah no, <sighs> that's, I'm sweating you guys that was very- yeah, I know that was really more intense than I thought it was going to be because don't, I had forgotten that the car sets fire right away and so he's mm-hmm. like forced to pull her out like that yeah oh my yeah. god no I mean it's it's she was she was searching 
The whole show, she's literally saying, I don't belong at Berkeley. I thought I was going to be this person, and now I need to go find myself. She just was constantly searching for some kind of belonging. And, you know, and I think there's such a huge, uh, you know, an audience that were so relate. It found Marissa so relatable because humans, some, a lot of people don't know, don't have their feet on the ground and know what life is all about. And she was searching and, and so this clearly, this was a very strong, strong choice. And the care and the storyline serves the characters, especially going into the next season, like how they deal with this stuff, you know, um, but it was definitely a loss, but it was so impactful. And we're still talking about it today yeah. because of that. So, Shall we move on really quick to some, um, you know, we, we talked about you, you're, you're, <laughs> you're no. let's lighten fashion. things up. <laughs> yeah. Let's lighten things up. Marissa and you had a huge impact on her fashion and you got to choose a lot of these things. If I, I'm not mistaken, so a lot of her iconic moments in fashion were things that you hand picked. Am I correct? Yeah. I mean, I was really obsessed with a lot of the clothes because I felt one of the things that helped me play this character the most was the wardrobe. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. I didn't feel that Southern Californian surfer kid like didn't grow up like that. And and I had strong opinions about what I thought like, uh, you know, supposed rich kid from Southern California should look like that I had made up in my mind, like mm -hmm. this whole like mood board of like what she needed to be then. And it involved a lot of like that kind of like preppiness, you know? And so like mm -hmm. when I put on some of those clothes, it made me feel more like her, you know? Right. So like, right. I, I, in the sense that like, it just mattered to me in certain scenes, what she was wearing, the dress could change, like the way I felt about the whole thing. Like even in like, you know, when she's hosting some event or something or like, you know, it's, it's important that she's like, you know, that's who she is. And then you can kind of play against that. But if you have to, like, we were so lucky to get like real Chanel and stuff from them at the time. And like, you know, if you had had to like fake that and pretend to dress like that, it would have been harder to play it up. You know, if you're really wearing like, you know, whatever, and like you're trying to be this thing. So the clothes did really, really help. Mm -hmm. And I was super grateful to the people at the time who sent clothes and, and, and helped me with that. Oh my you know? God. Yeah. So many beautiful things. <laughs> yeah. And, and it just, it changes the way you feel, the way you hold yourself and like your confidence level and everything. So I think that really was so integral that and the music fashion and the music. Right. You had that famous, um, Mark J Mark Jacobs polka dot dress. Yeah, and... let me get to this. I want to see these pictures. Let's see. This is yeah. going to be both embarrassing and good, I suppose, <laughs> the way it goes. Oh, yeah, this one. Yeah, that's such a cute dress. I've always loved Mark Jacobs anyway, though. And that's... um, Mark Jacobs polka dot dress. It's great in its simplicity, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, it's so a cute. Good one in... Yeah, it's cute. Exactly. Uh -huh. It's very sweet. You know, and these, you know, with, I think these picks were, you know, Vogue talks about Marissa's um, number one picks and these um i think some of these are were part of their picks too but when you guys go to the rooney concert with the crimped hair and the graphic tee that was yeah. really there's a lot of people that talk about that i loved your hair crimped well. like that it was so cute yeah <laughs> and i remember yeah. i remember filming the rooney concert misha and i have a picture of you and me and samira like dancing on stage and you're playing the drums with Rooney like their drums and we were just messing oh around God, in between so setups funny. and stuff I'll I'll, sh I'll send them to you they're so that's cute so funny yeah long before I dated Taylor too that's really hilarious oh, oh my god <laughs> right I forgot yeah. about that 
Yeah. That's right. <laughs> we initially met there, but I don't really remember as much hanging out with them on set as I do. After How funny. That. Um, this is, yeah, I mean, so that's like very me at that age too, though. Like when we get into this, like low slung jeans, rocker tees, that's kind of what I was wearing Mm -hmm. as well in real life. So I was very comfortable there. I really (laughs) liked that. There's too many pictures of me with like rocker tees and like the jeans down low with the, you know, (laughs) multiple scarves and like random, like (laughs) random layers that didn't need to be there. So many accessories. Felt important. (laughs) There's the famous Missoni dress. So pretty. And that one, there's a whole story to what there's like, well, because I, they got the dress and I was obsessed and I was like, she has to wear this dress. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's like my dream dress at the time. I, I just that that's the way I felt about it. It's all sparkly in person and like just very mm-hmm. Missoni. And, you know, um, after the fact, I became quite good friends with the family, but like this was like my first introduction to a Masoni piece. And I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this dress. <laughs> to the point where I begged them. This was like one of the first things they let me wear offset. And I begged them to let me wear it to um, outside of set. And I got to wear it. <laughs> it was like my was first fun. date dress with like one of my ex-boyfriends. And it was like, I was so excited that I got to wear it out and that they let me borrow it. Yeah, it was like a, it was a special. So that dress has a special place in my heart. That's for sure. That is so cute. Yeah, it's this one, the rainbow cardigan with the with the pleated denim, <laughs> which is so now today still, I feel like. I know this one actually looks like people walk around the village and stuff like this. All yeah, it's like this is feels very current, <laughs> unlike the next one, which is like a little bit. Although, did you see that Katie Holmes just wore that oh dress with jeans again oh that she did wore back that? in the day? Which is literally what this is. It's the dress with jeans. Yes, I saw that. I was like, yes, Katie. I love a jeans and a dress. I was once, she had sneakers on with it, though. So I yeah, that yeah. was a little. Was that I like. I mean, she kind of broke the internet with it. <laughs> she <laughs> did. She did. Yeah, all for early 2000s dress over jeans. Right. And this right. one, the true religion jeans. And a net Laporte top, a Chanel bag, and all of that, all the heavy um, necklaces, not heavy, but quite a few of them, the layering of, yeah. the, of the necklaces. Yeah. And then, no, of I course, mean, the, the most iconic oh, really this is, is that my all time favorite the Chanel prom dress. Yeah, me too. It's another one. I wore it to like the premiere or something, or they let me wear it to the premiere as well as the, the show. And it right. was such a good. Oh, it's. Or maybe it was a slightly different one. They sent more than one. I wore the brown one to the premiere, actually. And oh, wow. maybe I just only wore this one on the show. But yeah, it's a beautiful dress. It's so, so beautiful. Very, it's like the one. of yeah. that time. Let's go for some voicemails. Hey, guys. My name is Sam, and I'm from the Philippines. I'm a huge fan of the OC, and I think it's really cool you guys are doing this podcast. My favorite Marissa Cooper moment is when she does the fashion show in summer in the pilot because what better way to introduce a fashion icon than with a fashion show? So I was wondering, Misha, which is your favorite Marissa Cooper fashion moment? Thank you. Aww, you. I mean, my favorite is definitely the Chanel dress, to yeah. be very honest. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's the one that stands out. But, I mean, she's got quite a few. She right. has many. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, but do you yeah. remember that fashion show, Mish? Like that? We were like, I look do, what I babe, stole! Like, look what I yeah, stole! And you the, the, when she runs up with the vodka, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> do I actually walk in the fashion show? Yes, That's what, yes, you do, yeah. and you make eyes with Ryan. And I think you're wearing a, a Diane von Furstenberg dress in the fashion show. Well, there's a, it's a black with a. Little... It's Diane von Furstenberg. I remember it. Yeah, it's yeah. black with like a pink sash shoulder. Right. Uh, yes. And the hair, and your hair was very, like, almost, like, like 60s. 60s. Like, Bridget Bardot, like. <laughs> yeah, it's so My nightmare to walk in a fashion show like that. <laughs> I remember them setting it up, but, like, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Hey, Rachel, Melinda, and Misha. This is Ryan, Dylan, and Chelsea from Keeping Up with the Coens, an OC Rewatch podcast. <laughs> so here's the deal. When we started this podcast during the pandemic, um, you couldn't have told us in our wildest dreams that we would be having the opportunity to speak to all three of you all. This is peaking. <laughs> we've peaked. This is great. Our question for you today is, as the youngest member of the cast and the only one not originally from North America, how familiar were you with California surf culture, including the fashion and the music? And what was the learning curve like for you? Um, was there anything you learned that you particularly enjoyed? Uh, we'd love to hear the stories from that time. Thanks. So, I mean, that's a great question. And no, I was not familiar with like, I had never been to Newport Beach. I was not a surfer. I'm still not a surfer. Although, you know. <laughs> I'd like to see you surf though. I feel like that would be really fun. It, I, you know, I did for, I tried, but I just find oh. like the California waters. Is so cold. For me, I can't do it. So yeah, I wasn't familiar at the time. I'm definitely a changed person now. I mean, I've spent years California as well so like it's a different thing but um it was a huge learning curve actually that whole like billabong surf culture like what they wear vans like it's it is very different and you know it was interesting to me and like I said a little minute ago about you know putting on the costumes really like it's her wardrobe that really helps like a lot with the attitude of the character you know yeah do you remember helping Ugg get back on uh on the radar uh, not boots. really i know we wore uggs <laughs> every day on set but like no no you, there was this in the, in the model home you wore some um knee-high uggs and all of a sudden stale sales went up because they've been <laughs> around for years you know mm -hmm. surfers uh, in orange county that they've worn them but yes hi i'm shari from teen drama whore my question for misha is what do you think is the biggest misconception about marissa what's the one thing that you just wish people would understand about her Thank you. Oh, that's mm. tough. I think it's, you know, I mean, I think you guys said that it does come across, but that she's a caring, like a very sensitive person, you know? Yeah. I think that's the main thing about her. She's like this sensitive and, um, yeah, that she wants to like care for people and, and help and like, she has a big heart like that, and, which I think comes across a lot. Yeah, I think it did sure. too. Remember like how cool she was with like when Teresa, we said this before, like she really was, she was never petty. She was never jealous. She was like, mm, okay. Yeah. She was very like, uh, you know, trusting when, when like Ryan's in Miami and she's like, that sounds interesting. You know, like she would, she was never like that jealous girlfriend. She was mm. more like matter of fact, you know? Yeah. So there was something very caring and, and very, um, but like, yeah, I suppose it's like that. I hope she never comes to go like, and I think she might at times is icy because I think, you know, she had a big heart and like, was you had very, the 
biggest heart. You took care of everyone, even like Oliver, who was absolutely out right. of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the good, good in everyone. <laughs> well, there, there, and then when she was trying to be nice to Trey, you know, but the audience sometimes were like, don't do it, Marissa. Yeah. Like, why are you right. giving so much attention to Johnny? Yeah. You know, there were times where, you know, and you know, she didn't believe Ryan. You know, of course, we, we watchers of the show were like, why did she make that decision? But she mm-hmm. always had good intentions. She was never malicious. That right. Was, I think yeah. I think that's the main thing. She yeah. she had good intentions. Yeah, and like absolutely. even if she made bad decisions, I think she internalized the pain and tried to, like if she took it out on anyone, she took it out on herself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She's in perfectly, per- perfectly imperfect, just like <laughs> all of us. <laughs> Hi, Misha. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. We're the host of Let's Talk OC. And we'd like to know, what was your process like for preparing and portraying Marissa? Well, I think that that was kind of something that developed with the character. You know, Mm -hmm. I always used to say this about TV, but like because they write the character as you go, it's a never ending kind of like learning curve. And, you know, just kind of like finding the right tone for her was really tough. And I think I told Mindy about this too, like in the beginning, like they really wanted to mess with like how much of a Southern Californian accent I had. And there was like a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes and sort of landing the right tone that um, I guess even the cast wasn't aware was going on. Mm-mm. But um So, like, yeah, I think, you know, just really, like, finding as much as you can when you're, like, going with the flow day in and day out with the script, like, you know, the heart of her and let the whole, you know, like, setting the right tone between her being this rich, like, privileged Southern California girl, but also, like, having some sort of a, a heart and some depth to her and something more than just what you would typically maybe think of right. as like that it's a well she she doesn't want to emulate what her mom is i think that kids like to do the opposite right <laughs> even though her mom is trying to mold her into this character because her my her that mom very comes much from something- grows yeah. with, the, with the writing and with the character yeah. right because i wasn't really that anyway and so mm-hmm. you can't hide everything about who you are i'm like definitely not marissa like that is 1000 percent for sure but like you cannot write day in and day out for somebody without like kind of having to like mm-hmm. incorporate some part of them mm-hmm. into so like you know because i think originally they would have liked her to be a lot more kind of like um legally blonde you know oh wow and like since you said more. like like bub like bubbly and and no, but I I, I mean don't know. I think it like, was like oh, a lot really? more. Well, you know, I I've never really understood why they had me watch it, but I've told you before. Like it, it's it's very muddled. But they had me watch like Kate Hudson in um, Almost Famous again and again certain scenes. Oh, really? Yeah, which was. I'm not even sure like where that exactly applies to like the way Marissa was written, but they did have some very interesting ideas. I think cause she's more kind of like fluid and less like I speak very kind of precisely. Maybe they wanted mm-hmm. to, they wanted to try so many things where she was more OC, like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like totally like very like oh. the more of the dits and like, you mm-hmm. know, then when that, when that was really hard for me to play, they were like, okay, yeah. let's like, let's rethink this because I mean, it's like, it's that 
first scene where she's drunk at the part, one of the first, it's the first episode yeah. where she's drunk at the party or whatever. I remember I was asked to play that every way to Sunday drunk, like, okay, now she should be like fall down drunk. Like she's stumbling through the party. <laughs> and then like there were takes where I was like completely composed, a little bit slurring my words, <laughs> Not, right. you know, that was all very much like find it as you go. Yeah. And also, I'm sure working with Doug, who tends to, you know, want to try everything and get really in there and go for it. That probably had to do with it as well. Yeah, I love Doug. I mean, it was funny because I remember things about that first um, episode slightly wrongly. And Mindy corrected me at dinner when we were in South Carolina because I thought like I remember it like Doug was even like controlling the camera at one point i'm like, sure he, he was, was like, he he could have yeah. he would take cameras and, like, and just yeah he would take the camera and do that absolutely yeah but like i mean i i have this memory that he like cut my head off and so they wouldn't let him do the camera oh. operating anymore <laughs> because like we did a whole take and then realized it was unusable because i wasn't fully in the frame and they were like that was a good take but um, <laughs> but like i have like memories of stuff like that from the first episode and like you know i remained really close to doug after that i like uh working with him a lot, mm-hmm. but like yeah. it was definitely a lot of opposing types of direction like doug and mcgee and josh are all different characters mm-hmm. and would mm-hmm. approach things in a very different way. So right. I right. don't know that we answered this poor girl's question. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean a process, yeah. I it's one thing if you're doing a pro like a film where you're only shooting three or four months or something where you really have to do all that preparation and be consistent. But on a television show, when you're doing it 10 months out of the year, as you're doing it every day for that long, eventually you get to know, you know, your character. You That's know, you, the best way of putting it. You get yeah. to know your character. So there's not because- a huge amount of preparation that goes into it once you're into it yeah I I always get so insulted when people are like oh my god I bet you're just like Marissa and it's like (laughs) no actually like really nothing like her with my like English background but like it's true you get to know your character and so like that's what happens is you somehow sort of like you know this is it, it makes it easier for you when you wake up in the morning like yeah, to, yeah. to understand. <laughs> well, like, and you have to because how you're not going to be like going off and just because it says that, you know, we're, we're not necessarily doing deep dive method acting for, you know, an episode because you're literally doing it when you're especially when you're doing it for four seasons or three seasons, you know what to do in that in those characters. Well, you have to find out pretty quickly or you're going to be torturing yourself. Big time. Yeah. yeah. You can't take yourself too seriously when you're doing it day in and day out for 10 months right. out of a year. No, because remember when they started shooting two episodes at a time and they would just hand me pages? I don't know if you guys <laughs> had as much of this, but they would be oh, like, this wow. is going to be probably in the next episode. And since we're on this set, uh, we're going to give this scene a go. So, like, here's a couple pages from what's probably going to happen. And I'd be like, this is wild. What have you written for the next episode? <laughs> like, you know, you'd read it and you'd be like, holy shit, where are we going? With this? You know? So it would be like, I remember a lot of that. So yeah. Yeah. No, you don't have a lot of time to prep in television. So, well, thank you for your question, ladies. Hi, Misha. My name is Noel. I am calling in from Sweden. First of all, I just wanted to thank you for your absolutely amazing performance as Marissa Cooper. I wanted to ask you if there are any storylines you would have wanted to see more of from Marissa or if there's anything you would have liked to have seen uh, Marissa explore. Okay, thanks, guys. So much love. Bye. Yeah, I feel like um, 
you know, definitely the Alex storyline is what jumps to mind. I feel like that could have been explored more. Also, there's not a lot of her and her sister, really. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that could have been explored more. Yeah, there was I some agree. good. There, there was a scene that that they had. It's one of my favorite scenes where Caitlin was like, "Marissa, you've got to commit." When I commit, I commit. You're always, you can never, and it was a really telling scene. Like the audience got to know them a little bit better, Get got to know Marissa way better from this one particular episode, I think, and this one particular scene. I thought it was a really interesting insight with Kim. Well, siblings will will do that to you. (laughs) (laughs) You learn a lot about somebody through the eyes of, you know, because it's family. I mean, we got the dynamic with you and I, Mindy, and like, you know, with her friends, but I think like the sibling thing and then the Alex thing, because it really was her thing, you know, and then it wasn't right. I don't think that it just it kind of came to yeah. 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 It was it was definitely something she was, you know, Julie was kind of right. Julie was like, it's a phase, which is got, I guess it's very much an insult to somebody who's exploring that. And um, but yeah. but Julie because was she's good like, with the insults. <laughs> she was good with the insults. Yeah. That's what she was like. He, Julie had some bangers. I mean, <laughs> I know there were times when I had to be so harsh and I would just laugh. I don't know if you remember. I'd be like, I can't say this to you <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's okay, go next to Matt. Question. Yeah. From Matt. Hi, this is Matt in Brooklyn. I'm a huge fan of the OC. It's my favorite show, and I love listening to the podcast each week. Thank you so much for doing it. My question is for Misha. Misha, Marissa was my favorite character on the show, and one of my favorite moments of hers was midway through season two when she finds out that her parents who are divorced are having an affair with one another, and her dad, Jimmy, decides to leave Newport to get his life together. And Marissa has this big drunken confrontation with her parents at the Cohen's fancy party and has this iconic line that she's the daughter of a thief and a slut. And then a very tearful goodbye with Jimmy on the beach afterward. And finally, the episode ends with Marissa showing up to the Cohen house with bagels the next morning, and they take her in and comfort her. And I love it so much because I think your performance is amazing. I think you hit all of the OC notes between the funnier lines, the comedy, the high drama, and then the sweet, sad, down-to-earth moments as well. And I was wondering whether you remember it being difficult to hit all of those notes in, in a single episode and to have that range each week since Marissa would go through so much in any given episode. And I was also curious whether you remember what it was like on set when you would find out various plot twists, like, for instance, Jimmy leaving that episode, um, and any memories you have around that. Thank you so much. Yeah, wow. Well, that's a really well-thought-out question, and it's kind of going to go back over some of what I, I've already said. But yes, I mean, I do have memories of it being quite difficult to shoot. Like, you know, I have, like, vivid memories of, like, trying to nail all those different things and, like, you know, having her be multiple things so yes is the answer I do remember it and I have I have feelings about it I mean it was intense because again you have to understand in television it's sort of as you go and you don't have a ton of time to get it right so you do really like you want to do it justice and do it right but like there's just not a whole lot of room there so it's a very heightened um sense of like okay we gotta 
we got to kind of nail all these different things. I have a recollection again of shooting it, but not what it really looks like finished and, and what that is. But I know that the Coens take her in yeah. and it is, it's a big deal. It's, yeah. you're, it's very we sweet. always talk about how you were so proficient. Like Marissa constantly had to have tears streaming down her face. <laughs> and we're always like jealous. Like some, we were, I'm, I'm inconsistent at best or, you know, and there, I mean, there, there were moments, but I'm like that, that, Misha, she she oh, can yeah. do it. <laughs> you could just drop a the cry on cue. Yeah, it's always Try impressive. Hi, Rachel and Mindy and Misha. I'm Sam. I'm from Florida, the other Orange County. Uh, I love the podcast. I watched the OC <laughs> from day one when I was just ten years old, which is probably too young, but I was so drawn in by the characters and the family. Uh, my question's for Misha, um, which is really just wondering whether she knows how important her character is in terms of storytelling and all the ground she covered. Some of it was a little bit vague, but I mean, especially in 22 with how much we talk about mental health, uh, so many things come to mind, depression, suicidal ideation, addiction, exploring her sexual orientation. She really was before her time and such a complex character. Misha, you did an amazing job and I hope you know how meaningful Marissa was and still is to so many people. Thanks so much. Aww. Aww. That's a nice way to close it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think, you know, she was ahead of her time. And I mean, that's kudos to the writers and to everybody else, you know, as well. But I think, you know, she she definitely went through a lot. But I, I, I do think that it's good that, like you said, Rachel, there's some stuff on that show or from the OC that we wouldn't do today, mm-hmm. obviously, in 2022. And some that's been and would be handled just differently, you know, but for back then we were able to do, it was doing the best it could. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I suppose on some of that stuff, especially for mainstream anyway, what you could put in people's living rooms. But I, um, yeah, I, uh, the mental health thing is a whole other part of it. Yeah. I mean, obviously she suffers from like depression and anxiety and all sorts of things, this girl. And like, mm-hmm. it's not really, that's what I was saying about the overdose scene. I do not remember like what we think she's on or what we really think her biggest problem is, mm-hmm. or if it's, if it's really, cause I mean, ultimately it's rooted in mental wellness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like so much of anything is any kind of addiction. It's not really about just one thing or vice that she has. It's about like, being at that age and being so overwhelmed about from the world around you and not really feeling like she had the tools to cope. Right. The episode is called the escape. So mm. she's escaping that pain that she's living through that the parents are oblivious to. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there's throughout nobody, this whole thing. There's never like a counselor there or a teacher right. there or, you know, and they're not the type of parent. Yeah. There's never like any sort of like, it does feel like she's always grasping. you know, in different directions. And so, I mean, yeah, it's not properly defined. And I think maybe in today's terms, we would handle that differently. Mm -hmm. But um, I definitely think that she's going, going through all of it and and searching for herself. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm always happy whenever anything is cathartic for the viewer. Hmm. That's so important, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I wanted to come on today. Yeah. It Thank is important you. for people who yeah. hold it dearly. Same for same for me, but from a different perspective. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Well, well I'm part so two. glad. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? We just are so grateful that you were willing to come on. The people have been asking and hounding. And obviously, like we said, it just speaks to how powerful you were on the show and how much everyone loves you. So we thank you from the bottom of our heart to have come and, and, and spoken with us. And I love you so much. And I know we haven't seen each other in forever, but I always love you from afar and support you. And I would love to see you when you're in town. Um, yeah. But we just have to like truly say thank you. And we're so happy you came on. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Thank Thanks. you. Before Stay we Rachel, leave. Love you and love you, Mindy. That yeah, go true. on. No, I just wanted to say before we leave, I know you have a film coming out. And um, mm. did you want to chat about that? Yeah, I mean, Invitation to a Murder is coming out and I'm really <laughs> excited about it. It's like the kind of thing I really love to play, if you know me. It's like a 1930s drama sleuthy piece like Agatha Christie. So oh, that was that was fun for me. And this time, my British accent at some point, I hope. Are you <laughs> Watching that clip was like so painful. <laughs> but um, no, I, I mean, it's a it's a fun piece. And I was really lucky to work with really cool actors like James Urbaniak and, uh, you know, Grace Lim Kung and all these really cool Bianca Santos. And I think they they kill it. So thanks. That is very, very exciting. Yes. So, well, um, again, thank you so much. We've come to I'm um, so grateful that you were able to come on. And I'm so glad we did this. This was really fun. And, you know, it is nice to take a trip down memory lane. (laughs) And I had forgotten about a lot of this. So, yeah, I'm really I'm really glad. And I can't believe we cried over rewatching the ending oh of that. No, I would not <laughs> go away and think about that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't planned. You know, you got over, I don't know what the final number was, um, but you know, over close to a couple hundred voicemails, more than anybody on this podcast. Yes, so people were extremely, extremely excited for you to come on. And um, we're so grateful. It would, it just feels good that we were able to do this at the end of season three. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty wild experience to delve into this and explore this show that really has had such a cultural impact and good, bad, ugly, whatever this show has done for all of us. It was, it's really important. I think that, you know, we all went through this collectively and um, it's really wonderful to celebrate something that, that, you know, we loved and really changed our lives in so yeah. many ways oh, yeah. in so many ways so oh yeah yeah thank you well thank you and- so much for listening follow rate and review welcome to the oc bitches wherever you listen to your podcast and if you like to watch us check it out on youtube bye bitches Welcome to the OC Bitches is brought to you by Cast Media. Executive produced by Colin Thompson, Harris Lane. Produced by Katie Kurtwright. Edited by Parker Flores and our technical engineers, Travis Holden and Dustin Park.